We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be talking about concussion protocol. Kawhi Leonard returns to the NBA. Some spitball and our games of the week and our picks, so stay tuned. You never, you never, you uh, always forget about the picks. You always go end, end. I see you. Shut up. <laughs> you already make me sick. I'll be honest with you guys, I'm a little sick. I've been farting you think over my, here. You think it's my fault? Because last week I was in that other chair and I was sick and farting over there. Yeah, I know. Now Just blame Tim. Blame Tim. Yeah, but I'm not like sick. You know what I mean? I did move away. <laughs> That's why you switched the seating on me. Nah, I actually needed uh, I can't my be this close to Tim, here. man. We come, might come to blows over yeah, here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like any of this. It's out of control. Just watch the light behind you. Yeah, right. don't break that shit. Yo, those nothing are broken to, in this to pick up, right? Yeah, it's like fluorescent yeah. lights. They fall, they explode. Yeah, they do. Tiny took, shards of glass. I, I broke one uh, in my last apartment, and it took me like... There's probably still pieces over there. Didn't honestly. Tim break that? No, nah. this, this kid Joey broke it. But, yo, I was... I was uh, Joey, like, Joey are, you, are you saying yourself? Oh, I thought you were just talking about yourself. In the third person. <laughs> Why would I do that? I was trying to change the light in my bathroom, and I was it was all the way up there, and I had to get a ladder, because my ceilings are mad tall for some reason, and... That shit shattered everywhere. All in my in my shower. That shit was the worst. I Yo, stepped on it for like it's mad dangerous. Like three weeks. You're not supposed to like inhale either. It's like fiberglass or whatever. Yeah. The fuck. It's bad. You get I didn't rid of know light that. bulbs a different way than you do. Like you don't recycle light bulbs. It's mad weird. Like throwing, get disposing light bulbs. Oh, that's news to me. I've been throwing out light bulbs since yeah, I can you're remember. Not to. Yo, not remember to. how yesterday on Xbox I was telling you about how I ruined the back door of my truck? Yeah. So so like I'm a legend. And I ruined the back door. So, like, it didn't close. The door was legit hanging diagonally. So, when I got home, I swung the door open to show my pops what happened. And I backed it up all the way to the garage. When I swung it open, the lights for outside shattered. Fluorescent lights everywhere. So, (laughs) my dad walks out and sees 
all the light shatters. Truck broke. Sees the door. <laughs> Mind you, this is like his second day home from Greece because he was there for a month. All hell broke loose. <laughs> You're an idiot. I was like, Joey, send help. Guys, send oh, help. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, when we couldn't figure out what to banter about before the show, who had their money on, we're going to be talking about light, light bulbs for five minutes. Who the fuck knows, man? <laughs> fuck light bulbs. That's all I know. Shout out to light bulbs. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. Yo, light bulbs are a super necessary, important thing. What the fuck is going on? I know I'm super... <laughs> yo, every time I'm chilling, like, I, I'm all about having no light on. I, you notice that, too. Like, I'm just chilling in your crib. Yeah. Yo, there's no lights on. Like, I'm like yo, can you turn a lamp on at least? <laughs> I'm all about like warm lighting. You know what nah. I mean? I like candles and I like a two like two little lamps, two little lights where it's like a little candles. lit whatever. This kid complete darkness. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what are you doing, Batman? So I feel like I'm in a movie theater, like just the TV on. Yo, that's not like good it. for your eyes. I'm like in between. Is it really? I like putting. Good. Yes, that's not good for you. Yo, eyes. they say that um, late at night. One of the reasons why people Can't tend sleep. to be more hungry also late at night is because of the the light from your phone. Yeah, you're laying down. Can I put on that night mode? Yeah, but it's I mean, how, it's it's no th- you. you're still staring at a screen two inches from your face. That's, that's true, good. right? It's it's the blue light. That's the one that really fucks you. I like to put on lights in a different room and then open the door and have that light come into a dark room. Is that weird? Yes, kind of. Yeah, everything is before. just my TV's on. That's about it. So nah. I said, that's what I, I got, said. I got a lamp and I got the kitchen light on. That's it. You get the best picture when there's no lights on. There's no glare. There's no nothing. You don't have to worry yeah, about shit. Yeah, but it strains my eyes, bro. I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? That's I got bitch ass eyes, so I can't can't be doing that. You get the Josh Hamilton. <laughs> I'm nearsighted though, so I need like dark. Yeah. Even when I write stuff down, like my face is in my notebook. I just put my face down so like demonstrate. <laughs> Do you wear glasses? Nah. I was like mad close to failing my, my renewal of my license. because She's like, oh, yeah, you're, you might need glasses. I was like, if you're not going to pass me, I can't drive because I can't see a letter on the wall 20 feet away. That's yeah. a big part <laughs> of driving. Yeah, exactly, exactly why. why? Exactly why. Why? <laughs> why do I need to see like something minuscule Because what if a person? What if a little tiny? I can see child, a brake light and I can see a street sign. What if a child is, is crossing the can street? Can you see like a little fucking Filipino kid running across the street? <laughs> Right, yeah, right in front of me. Like I'm just gonna break. I'm, I'm not. Talking, I don't have to worry about him. Twenty blocks down. If, if you I see like see a him. tennis ball run to the street, you know what I mean. I, Yo, I, almost, I almost killed a kid one time. Really? There's a fucking ball went right into the street. I just slammed on my brakes without seeing anything. Kid ran out to the street. Like, Yo, driving in New York City when you're like about to make a turn and you're coming like down the avenue. Oh, it's great because people just cross the street with like no regard for anything because it's Manhattan. Yeah. So I'm like flying. And I, like I hit the brake and people still get mad tight at me. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> yeah, like oh, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yo, I see it every day at work. Yo, it's so annoying. I hate people in they have They have the walk <laughs> sign and someone goes to drive. And like a lot of times, well, for the most part, they'll let the person go. But, but you'll be coasting. Still, like, yeah, yeah, but they'll still making like, oh, look at the sign. Yeah, yo, yo, it's yo. my it's my right to go. When they point at the sign and the light, I'm like, just go. Like, yo, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those people. You're a dick then. As soon as I the light turns red, I am across the street. Yeah, you're corny. No, I don't, call, I don't drive, bro. Yeah, that's trash. You know, I hate, I, people, I hate people on bikes. Public transport, bro. bro. I have my blinker Yo. on. I'm trying to make a right. This guy's in the bike lane. I, my car starts turning, and then he stops, look into, looks into the passenger window. Yo! Like, slow down, you fucking idiot! <laughs> Unless Yo. you want to die. Yo, the you, bike the bike people are the worst people. In have you city. ever... You <laughs> rode your bike in Manhattan. I used to ride my bike to work. And, They'd uh, chew you out. I, yeah. yeah, I'd go down, like, First Avenue the wrong way. Oh my god, yo. Where's your light? Yeah. <laughs> I can't see you. It's like Curse an underground fucking like, you know what I mean? Yo, yeah. the bike lanes don't make sense in New York City. They like don't. They do you, now. You're they supposed to go with traffic? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make any Right? I'm like, yo, if, if I'm getting hit by a car, I want to be able to see it so yeah, I can get out yes. of the way. I always like to be on the side where I see the traffic. Yes. Cars. That makes Because I like sense. to think that, yo, if it's coming on to me, I can maybe swerve out the way. Where yeah, if it's coming ditch the me. bike, jump or, to the side. Or if someone yeah. opens their door. 
You yeah. know how many accident bike accidents happen because a, a guy opens their door, the bike hits, he goes flying over the the yeah, door, yeah, the yeah. door's fucked up. Yep. If you if a, if you're coming towards the guy, that's not gonna happen. This is ridiculous. Net neutrality. Now this. Yo, Jesus. Don't please. Get me, I please know. don't get me started. <laughs> please get to the get, show. I've okay. been literally doing nothing but that all day. <laughs> Net neutrality right. fighting. Here we go. Anyway, uh, Tommy Savage. We said in the beginning on the rundown we're gonna talk about con- concussion protocol. Most notably. Recently, that's kind of most recently is what I meant to say. Sunday, last uh, Tom Savage got hit by Elvis Dumerville, and it looked like he like seized up, like he his he, head he, hit the floor, and his there, hands went all like. There were there were multiple reports from uh, people on Twitter with the blue check. So you know if you have the blue check, it means a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Legit. And uh, they said that he did suffer a she- uh, seizure. Uh. So that's it's crazy. Like. When I, don't, hit, I don't care if you clear whatever protocol you have. Like, dude. You had a seizure. Yeah, Chill the fuck like, out. Yeah. When he hit the floor, you could tell. But here's the, here's the thing, though, with that. Like, how how thorough are those tests? Because we they go under the, the, you the know, blue, the blue thing, and we don't see what happens, right? And they give him whatever test. And Tom Savage, before he went in the blue thing, he was clapping his hands like, yo, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. He got out. He was trying to hide the blood that was coming out of his mouth, right? Finally, the referee is the one who saw the blood coming out of his mouth and informed the sideline about it. So it's like, if you're the team, how much blame do you have? Because if, if you're the team, like, everyone's criticizing the team. Like, all right, the team should have never let him back on the field. Well, here's the thing, dude. I mean, you're at the game. Bill O'Brien and the head trainer said they didn't see the hit when it happened. But there's a gigantic screen there. The entire side. You tell me no one on this team saw it? But That's they're not coaching a team. That's not an issue Yes, for but me. no one said anything? If like, yo, the- our quarterback... Just seized on the field. You're worried about the next play, though. Like, dude, nah. you. Okay, if you, you the, the coach. coach, but like everyone else, no offensive mm-hmm. line was like, yo, he's fucking, he was seizing. Yo, you had all these replays available to you, too. Grab one of those fucking Windows tablets that are fucking broadcast all over the fucking field. And, you know, all right, all right let's see. You, you got concussion protocol? All right, let's test them while you're testing them. You pull up the play where you got hurt so we could see what's going on. Like, that's got to be a thing. I yeah. don't feel like you need much of a protocol to see that he was, you know, not there. Yeah. Like, the lights are on, but no one's home. Like, I, I didn't need you to go through. Like, you were done. A couple of years ago, Kellen Clemens, he's on the Rams, playing the Ravens. Yo, he got smoked on one play, and his head, like a basketball off the ground. Right, He gets up. That was a two-minute drill. It was like yeah. the last drive he's, of the game. He's on all fours crawling. He gets up. He takes, like, three steps over to the Baltimore sideline. Like, I didn't need him to do a concussion protocol. I knew that he was, he yeah. was messed up. I, the thing is, too, like Tim said, the team gets late. It's, it's independent doctors, first of all, that are in that blue tent that, like, you need a third-party clearance. And, so and also, you don't think these doctors get heat from the player? Like yo, I'm good, son. I'm good. That's son. All. Let yeah, me rock. but you let's say you're Tom Savage though. But you gotta let's say your you're job. Tom Savage. You gotta do your job as a doc. There's no reason. I don't care who the player is. If it's Tom Savage, if it's Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah. And and I honestly but, don't think that they that they are that influenced by players. Because there's a lot of people who get ruled out for because there's of, so much players who are way better than Tom Savage. Uh, First of all, there's so much heat on the league for CTE. I think it's much more taken much more seriously. Yeah. Even though this Tom Savage thing is kind of ridiculous, the fact he was allowed back in. And it's Tom Savage. It's not fucking like Yeah, I believe he's also had several concussions in his career too. So the, that tie that into all, all that. So if, if you've been in the concussion protocol before, right? Let's say you're Tom Savage. You probably know how to beat it, right? You probably know what they're looking no, for. man. That's like Look, saying, yo, if you, took a, if, if you were drunk, you know how to pass a fucking... Yeah. Some people do. Breath a lot. No, they don't. 
A bre- uh, not a breathalyzer, but, I'm saying, but like, you gotta, can make it happen. Uh, yo, your motor skills get fucked up when you drink. Your your fucking motor skills get fucked up when you have a concussion. That's true, but you could you could obviously he tricks someone. Yeah, right? obviously you're gonna attempt to trick someone, but you're, if you're a pro- trained professional doctor, you should be able to yes. tell. Look, you're Tom. I, tr- I tried Tom to trick Savage Joey though. last year when I was drunk. It didn't Did work. Did not work at all. But you're Tom Savage though. Like you're doing anything you can stay on the field because let's be honest, Tom Savage has three more games maximum as a starting quarterback sure. in this league. So. I understand where he's coming from. I will say this: this is a this is in the very infant stage, and I think a lot of people are giving it a little too much, like criticism. A lot of people are saying this needs to change, this needs to evolve. Like this is only the third year of this concussion protocol, correct? So far this year, there have been three hundred and seventy nine concussion evaluations. First of all, when I read that number, and it seems like every game there's one or two players who go into the concussion protocol. It makes you think, like five years ago. Even 10 years ago, the hits were harder. The players were less protected. Eh, I wouldn't agree with that. About 10 years ago, the hits weren't harder? I don't think they were harder. I think the rules were more loose. It was permitted. That's what I mean. Like More fucked up hits were permitted where like head-to-head helmet hit. Over the middle. All that stuff, right? And you think about all the players who kind of like were fucked up and wobbly and just went to the sideline and kept playing. That's scary, man. <laughs> and all you say was he got his bell rung on that exactly. one. Exactly. Like, like, there's no thought of a concussion. Or you guys ever had a concussion? Yeah, I've had two. I've, I've had self-diagnosed. They're like, because I've never had a concussion. Well, I had one that was diagnosed by a doctor. And then the other one, I was kind of like, all right, this is like, I feel like I've, one I, of them I actually had like memory loss. Like I missed like four hours out of the day. <laughs> I had. I do that daily. That's crazy. I, I think two. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. I think I've had two yeah, self-diagnosed too. But like, like I've always said, you know your body. So, like, when my head, we were playing uh, football at Casino, and my head, like, bounced off the ground, and I just knew, like, I was like, yo, I'm I'm all off. Yeah. Remember, I was, like, sleeping at your house, and uh, your lady was like, yo, you're not allowed to sleep. You're not allowed to sleep. She By was the my way, doctor. I lost. So, what happened to me, I went, yeah, because my girlfriend's had like six concussions it's fucking Wes Walker what over there. she doing these are all self-diagnosed by the way I just told this shit she gets a fucking headache wait did I hit my head I can't remember I'm like alright relax but uh, I was playing football and I caught a pass like I was running like a post route and the ball was thrown a little behind me so I jumped and turned my body and I caught it and now he's an athlete you hear him now this dude bridged me cause he was playing on the opposite field he bridged me because he was like in the way and my head bounced off the floor and i got up and i was just like whoa and my head just felt like like a force field was around it and then i kept playing and then we went to a pizzeria afterwards and then to my house and i don't remember any of that i like remember being in my house and being like whoa i'm fucked up and then i went to sleep which is like the worst thing to not do. It, it's not that bad well i did i was I'm, tired i'm, a, I'm <laughs> first, exhausted i, Tim, I had to take um not that I've diagnosed. I got into a fight one time where uh, I was in. I was in. Uh, we were in ICYP. And nice. Yeah. This was the fight that got us banned from that league forever. And uh, we we had a big fight. It was a, the biggest fight I ever had. But it was started with my boy Nick. This is when he was back when he was a wild kid. He was he was he's a good guy now. He's like, all right, nice enough. Dude. What the fuck? Get to the <laughs> story. <laughs> but God, you need to know that he was a wild ass kid. Like he would he would play football with a cigarette in his hand. He, like that's a true story. Yeah. So. Uh, he, him and this other kid were drawing back at each other, and this kid tried to tackle him. It's a touch league. So Nick turned around, threw the football at his face. All hell breaks loose. I'm going towards the fight to start breaking up. I get blindsided from the, from the side two times in the head, so I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta hit the floor, recover. 
right so when you're getting jumped i've gotten jumped a few times in my life this is the strategy hit the floor ball up make sure all your Feel vital position, organs yeah all, cover are, up. once it kind of settles down fucking attack right i went down and that was a mistake because other kids the other guy had cleats and someone kicked me in the head with my like with nice. cleats over and over and over I again like it. my friend joe gave him the fucking super duper punch uppercut to get him off of me that was cool um but i went to the hospital to get, but that was the closest i ever got to a concussion nice but I, i'm i'm convinced that i can't be knocked out and there yeah, we you, go. YouTube, YouTube, convinced. No, 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 no. No, you said that. Uh, uh, I said that a strawweight in the UFC that weighs 115 pounds can't knock me out. Dude, let That's me. Not you, that crazy. I was in Taekwondo. I just want you to know what time. you just said. By the way, was incredibly stupid. What? That I can't get knocked out? Yeah. I got stomped on my head with cleats by a guy that just got let out of prison. What does that who mean? Says, who? Huh? You this knew dude, that? Some dude on red rum. Yeah. Dude. I don't give a fuck where Swear you. To you. If someone who knows how to throw, <laughs> you get into a fight up. with a bunch of people who think they're Tim tough. Up the biography and like, on his phone as he was who don't know how to throw in a punch. The fetal yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this right now. Who's jumping me? I'll let you know. Next time Jared comes in here, okay. I'm not gonna fuck Listen, listen, listen. I'm not saying. I maybe will. Jared going to fuck knock you the fuck out. Yo, we Look, should. I've we taken should make a lot, videos. I've taken a, a lot of hits to the face by guys who are a lot bigger than me, and I've never. We don't even, know how to throw a punch. I've never even felt like woozy. Yo, that's the thing too. Like most of these guys that get into fights at like parks and shit, they don't know how to fight. I'm not saying I'm a. I mean, it's a street fight. Yeah, but I've been in organized just, fights as well. Yo, where are we going with this? <laughs> what? I'm a, I'm concussions. A, I'm going a back black belt in taekwondo. Oh, guys. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, yeah, you're getting hip tossed. Well, no, cool. hip toss. That's taekwondo <laughs> is all striking, bro. I know. I, that's judo. You're thinking uh, jujitsu. And I was, always, I was always Eric is a black belt in jujitsu. Oh yeah, that's I nice. was always chunky, so I always had to fight the the taller dudes that were like solid. Tim could yeah, make you weight. Get match weights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, anyway, I got a concussion. I think one time playing high school football. I uh, LIC. You guys before they. Uh, now the field is beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yo, so you guys can understand. LIC, their home field. Just envision you walking down the street on pavement, and then you put like a bed sheet over it. That's what LIC was. Literally, it's a thin rug over concrete. Literally, a, yeah. a, a thin rug over over concrete. Yo, like a doormat. The when I used to practice on that field, I used to go home with those rug burns. Oh yeah, the fucking worst, man. Terrible. Anyway, anyway story. I, so I got hit on the sideline, their sideline. Got hit, laid out of bounds. Got a uh, got a penalty. And underneath the gate was like this, like like the size of a cinder block piece underneath, throughout like the bottom to elevate the gate a little bit. Yo, my head hit off that. I got up. I was so like like doozy that I went over to their head doozy? coach. And not uh, woozy, 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 doozy. <laughs> uh, I went over to their head coach, who I knew at the time, and I was like, "Hey, coach, what's the next play?" Because I wasn't blessed with a headset. I always had to sprint to my coach to get the play and bring it back in. Yeah, we didn't go to school in Staten Island. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the coach was like, "Hey, Nick," he's like, "Wrong sideline, kid. You all right?" I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I went over to the other side. My coach was like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" I was like, "I don't know, coach. I don't know what's going on." He's like, "All right, well, went back out there." <laughs> the closest I think I've ever come to a concussion was I got elbowed on the side of the head at high school soccer game. The kid got a red card. And I was just like knocked out on the floor and like I couldn't see. It was like by my eye and like temple area. Yeah. So like, I got up. I was like, I can't see it on my eye. But like I never felt like woozy or anything. Like, I never felt out of it. I was like, it took me like a couple minutes to come to my senses though. Like damn, I just got like I got knocked, fuck- not knocked out, but like fucked up a little bit. I got fucked up pretty bad in practice once. Like I was a slot receiver and we ran a middle screen 
So like I ran like a bubble route and then you come back in and you catch it in front of the O line yeah. and then you just break up yeah. up the middle of the field. So I catch the ball. As soon as I turn, someone missed their block. Our middle linebacker, who was a steroid psycho, just put his fucking helmet <laughs> right in my face and buried me. And then my coach is like, all right, you go sit out for the rest of fucking practice. Damn, what happened to the get up rule you were telling us about last week? Yeah, I mean, you have to get up. And you're concussed. He's like, get the fuck on the sidelines. You're not fucking practicing. That wasn't the story last week. It was get up and get back in the huddle. Yeah. Yo, speaking of soccer, last year, uh, there was a report on in the Wall Street Journal that more kids got the concussions, concussions playing soccer than they did football. High school kids. Wow. I guess and, when you're going and think the about headers. It, the headers, uh, you get kicked. And the ball hits you in the face. It happens a bunch of times. It does. Yeah. Yo, I want high, high, high velocity. I used to be the guy that would be like, you know how like in football you have the wedge breaker on kick returns yeah. where the guy would like, you know, those the three people would hold hands Just, and there was one guy like the, the psychopath on the team <laughs> would have to run and break the break the wedge. I was the guy on free kicks where you know how you would do the two touch rule so you couldn't directly yeah. hit the free kick. Indoor, yeah. One somebody had to lay off the ball first. I would be the guy that would run slide like feet first oh, and try to touch? eat the eat the yeah. touch yeah yo one time on the ground got leveled on the side of the head i was out for a little bit <laughs> this was way younger but still like that shit is crazy but i mean to, to to take that whole situation back to the beginning uh alan stills is the nfl's chief medical officer he said that 30 percent 37 percent of the 379 concussion valuations which is roughly about 140 have come from player self-reporting that is 20 to 22% higher than a year ago. So the people who are talking, like criticizing the NFL's like whole protocol for concussions, it's getting there. Just You got to be a little patient because it's still Oh, like new. they're going over like, yo, check me out? Yeah, like, yo, check me out. And that's something that would have never happened before. So nah. that, that's yeah. a definite, that's positive, this is a positive direction. That's good, yeah. Because like, I was reading something today about that shit that even like guys like Junior Seau, who he shot himself in the chest, like committed suicide, obviously, but shot himself in the chest to preserve his brain for... CT study because he was fucked up. So, he was the and pioneer. This he was man. fucked up. Yeah, he yeah. was the pioneer. Yeah, Crazy. he's the guy that Hero. his death was the one that really opened up uh, everyone's eyes to it. Yeah, um, he really did sacrifice himself for the greater good. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so let's switch gears a little bit. Wow, it's a throwback. Uh, some NBA here uh, for the first time since spreading his ankle in Game One of the 2017 Western Conference Finals. Kawhi uh, played an NBA game. On Tuesday, thirteen point six rebounds, one assist. Limits restrict. Uh, limits. Minutes. Minutes. Sorry. Minutes. <laughs> minutes limit. Yeah. He played sixteen minutes, I believe. Yeah. Something limits like restriction. That. Yeah. Uh, Spurs are currently third in the West, nineteen and nine. <clears throat> Yo, that's the, <clears throat> that's the craziest thing. Like their record without Kawhi is, I think they've won like eighty percent of their games, They're regular season the and playoff, and now they get him back, and obviously, like. You add a player of that magnitude into your roster, and not going to get worse. You know, yeah, MVP candidate Jordan actually in the summer came out and said that he's the best two-way player in the league. He says it's not even close. So you get a guy like that to come back into your lineup, it's only going to improve. I think Chris Paul would have something to say about that. But uh, yeah, I mean Kawhi, he's, he, like you said, he can play both sides of the ball. Um, was it a thigh injury kept him out? And like Nick said, you, you can only improve. But they lost to the seven and twenty last plays Mavericks. Mm -hmm. Game one, so people probably bugging out about that, but I think it gives them an advantage. I don't know if they'll be the best team in Texas with the way Houston's playing. Like Houston, they're they have they lead the league in margin of victory by eleven plus points, and they shoot fifty five percent from the field. So they're having like they're breaking like records as 
they're one uh, of the greatest offense, if not the greatest ever offense to play on an NBA court. I'm not sure if Houston plays tonight and we're recording, but I don't think they've lost yet with Chris Paul in the lineup. Yeah, so, I mean, Kawhi back is huge. I think possibly they could overtake the Warriors. Like, we're talking about what does it do for going forward for the, the dynamic of the NBA and the front three in the West. Um, I mean, the Warriors are without Zaza, who's a starter. Draymond Green has a lingering shoulder issue. He's missed three of the last four games. And Steph Curry now has that ankle issue that he won't be evaluated for at least another week. So the Spurs are kind of back to being all healthy. And, I mean, like you said, you add a player like Y back, the only thing from here is up. Second in the MVP voting, if I'm not mistaken, last year, 25.5 points, uh, 5.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.8 steals, one block a game, two only two turnovers a game for considering how much he has the ball. This guy is a star. He's, prob- like you said, probably the best two-way player in the league. He even yeah, shoots Jordan, 38% yeah, from Jordan said that. I think he finished three. third, though. He did. did. Behind Harden, Harden second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but definitely remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> he was definitely up there. And I, it's, it's crazy to say that it shakes up the West, but I think it does because I was listening to Steve Kerr on um, Bill Simmons' show. Mm. I don't know if you guys listened to that interview. Steve Kerr is a great interview. That guy is a smart guy. A lot of people uh, were saying he was how, like, Tony Romo is, mm. like, for basketball. Like, he was a, a guy that made the transition from player to uh, commentator, and he was, like, right away was the best guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Colin Cowherd, although I have my... Let's quality, go. That's quality. my guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to warm up to Colin a little bit. He he says this, hire a smart guy, and they'll figure it out. Yeah. He's one of those smart guys, like, well, listen, look at, it, look at his track record. He went to the Bulls, went to the Spurs. Oh, he played for a third team. He built he built the Phoenix teams with Steve Nash. He built yeah he built those teams as a GM. Yeah, he was a great broadcaster. Now he's a great coach. This guy is a basketball genius. And what he was saying is that the right now the Warriors are kind of in this lull, or like they don't give a shit about the regular season. And he's like, this is just natural. It happened in Chicago, and I'm not going to be on my guys about it. And we don't really care where we finish. Of course, yeah. But that's nice. But at the same time. You get this team in San Antonio that's well coached, that is nineteen and nine without Kawhi Leonard. You add Kawhi Leonard to that squad, you let them, and then you give them home court advantage in the playoffs against Golden State. I think that could have ramifications. It's all fun and games until Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals is not in Golden State, yeah. which is probably the hardest place to play in. And then when you're looking at the other conference, if Cleveland or Boston. Probably the two frontrunners to come out the East don't have to go into Golden State for Game 7. That's huge. That's very significant. I forgot who I was listening to, but they said something so simple that when you think about it, you're like, yo, in a way it make, makes sense. He's talking about the Spurs, and he said that when you watch the Spurs, no one on that team sucks. Like, yeah. you know how, like, you watch a bunch of you'll, – you'll watch a game and be like, yo – Brian Tannehill, he's trash. Or like Jay Cutler, he sucks. Both Miami quarterbacks, by the way. First guys <laughs> that came up. Um, but like you're watching and it's like there's no one on the Spurs that is awful. Jonathan Simmons, who I thought was going to be a bust leaving the Spurs system, probably one of the most improved players now with the Magic. He's averaging like over 15 points yeah, a game. 15.8 or something like that. And yeah, he's, he's coming off the bench. Now he's starting a lot more because like uh, guys are in and out the lineups. Aaron Gordon has missed some times. Alfred Payton. But it's like Yo, there's no one on that team that sucks. Patty Mills is probably the best backup point guard in the league, I would say. Uh, Ginobili's still getting it done. He had a game winner a couple of nights ago. And it's like, yo, so many guys just get these, they get these guys and they're just solid. And 
obviously the the ultimate factor there is Popovich, who I think is he's the goat. I I can I I feel like you can kind of compare it to the Patriots in the NFL, where it's kind of like since this team has such a history of winning, when you get there, you buy in, you'll do whatever, whatever. And if if you have coachable coachable guys, and you have that, you, you know, I mean, it started with Tim Duncan and you know uh, Tony uh, Tony Parker and fucking Ginobili. That there's just that winning. The like, culture, yo, we've yeah. done it. We've won it. We know how to win, and we can win these this games. This is what it takes. A, this is what it takes, and everyone buys in, and everyone gets better, and they work on the things they need to work on, or whatever. Yeah, you know, you're. That's just w- what's gonna make your team as as great as they are. Would they have like the best winning percentage like ever? <clears throat> yeah, the the thing that I said a couple of weeks ago was about how many days they've had a losing record since 1997 when Popovich and then Duncan came later on. It's like forty eight days. Yeah, it's crazy. Think about that. They've had a winning record for God knows how many days. They've only had a losing record for so what? They've started a, a season of zero and one. Pretty and much like, every day of my life that I've been alive, they've been a winning team. Look, look at Rudy Gay. He's just he's a prime example of that. Like when when he was in Sacramento and when he was in Toronto and Memphis, everywhere, everywhere. He's just he's taken over fifteen shots a game every single year, or fifteen or more shots a game, and he's shooting. 45%, 46%, 45%. One year he shot 38%. So it's like, this is who he was. And he can be a volume shooter anywhere. But he goes to the Spurs. He's a six-man. He's he's buying into the system. He's taking about 10 field goals a game, but he's shooting 50% from the field. Yeah, they're efficient shots that he's making. And, and that's that's the difference. That's what Greg Popovich gets the best out of everybody and understands their role. And, if, and everyone buys into it because when you're talking to Greg Popovich, it's like talking to... Baseball, I mean football, I mean basketball. Jesus. Yeah, you want to win, and if if a team and a coach, they have a proven track record. I know how to win. I know how to do it. This is what you got to do. You do that. You don't. You know. Otherwise, they're not going to put you on that team if you're not going to be coachable. And he's 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 always said about Ginobili. Ginobili is one of his favorite players ever because Ginobili could easily have been a starter. Pretty much, prime Ginobili could have been a starter anywhere in the league. He's like, yo, the fact that you allowed me and you trusted me to make you a six man. And, yo, Ginobili made the six-man be a cool thing. Yeah. Like, in the past, it was like, oh, you ain't a starter, you're a scrub. Now it's like, nah, dude, you want to win a championship? Your six-man better be, like, an all-star or else it's quiet for you. Yeah. And, yo, one more thing about the Spurs. You know, I, I've said this in the past, how, like, you listen to the draft, and anytime a Euro guy gets drafted, everybody's like, ah, you know, on the fence. He might be, well, Jan Vesely or some <laughs> shit. But then when the Spurs take it, oh, great, fine, steal a draft. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, it's, God. It goes back to what Tim says about the culture. Like, they've established that they know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, trust the process because you have a 20-year sample size of excellence. Dude, every four years they win a championship if you're looking at what Popovich has done in San Antonio. Right. Nick fans, we're, we're hoping we get the eighth seed and, you know, maybe okay. get one win. One in my lifetime would be more than enough. And the Spurs don't do, like, big names either. Like, Tim Duncan... It's probably the biggest name yeah. they've had, and his nickname is Mister Fundamental. So That's he's not doing anything crazy. He's on the block honestly, most of his career. He never stepped out to the three point line like the stretch fours now. It honestly just sounds like the Patriots. Like the Patriots, whenever they draft someone, you're like, I'd probably hit with that too. Fuck. Or they sign like Rex Burkhead. Yeah. They Who signed Chris Hogan. Right. Wes Welker was a bona fide punt returner, undrafted guy, I believe. Got cut by Miami. No, Edelman. The Dolphins are the fucking minor leagues for the fucking The Pats, yeah. I mean, I think the whole NFC East is. Yeah, yeah the Jets too. The AFC East. Danny Woodhead came Ho- from the Jets. Yeah. Hogan came from Buffalo. It's like all these guys, they just bring them in. And then Gillisley. Not like Gillisley, not so much. Yeah. But. I'm yeah. saying that Clay, yeah. uh, Claiborne too. No, not Claiborne. Claiborne. You're thinking uh, Gilmore. Gilmore's the yeah, yeah. Gilmore. So, But I, I think that the Spurs... 
potentially they could finish second. I think Houston is probably going to finish top seed. I know we still have what, four more months to go, but they're, they seem like a – obviously Tim has his issues with Houston about them being a regular season juggernaut, and it's hard to not argue that. Um, <clears throat> when you're looking at Houston, yo, Chris Paul and James Harden – known for never having a statement playoff win like i think chris paul has never been to a conference finals so it's like you know obviously looking way down the line with the playoffs got to worry about that but for now i think the spurs could definitely get this the two seed golden state i think they just want to get to the playoffs healthy i mean yo last year they were 15 and 0 going into game four like they were going to be the first team in nba history to just win out i mean i i, I don't know about you know all that. I I do think that it's still earlier in the year, and that the Warriors, you know, they'll. But yo, we'll they see. Have, like after the All Star the, break, they'll I think start. The Warriors like, are dinged up though. Like yeah, they're, they're lingering. Up. Yo, they like, played. They played four, three straight NBA Finals. They're playing into the that's end true of June. Too. Like, they're playing extended seasons. Yeah. All right. So I think now they know. Like yo, we could just turn it up. I guarantee you, they're gonna go on like a, a thirteen game win streak in the middle of the season somewhere. And then everyone's gonna be like, "All right, we have nothing to worry about." And then they'll lose like seven out of eight. That's just what they do. You uh, saw what happened with Cleveland. Seven out of eight. I know. I'm reaching there, but you saw that happen with Cleveland. Wasn't Cleveland yeah, yeah. on like a five, six game losing streak? And then yeah. wasn't that your spitball or something? no the overreaction thing yeah, or takeaways? Like, take, it was like, "Yo, chill out." They just won eight games in a row. Yeah. So it, it happens, and teams like that, they know what they need to do. Yeah. Real quick, I heard a, a rumor that LeBron James. Is going to too. go to Houston next season. Imagine. I he loves Chris Paul. He does love Chris Paul. I would say that it's a little bit far fetched because I don't see I don't see LeBron going to the West. I don't see why LeBron would go to the West. I mean, he's linked to the West. He's linked to L.A. Or he was prior. I, that's prior. another reason why I, I was never on the L.A. train. I don't Yo, think, but where, let's where, be honest. What the fuck does the West have to do with anything? Where would he go in the East? Them? Boston's out of the equation. That Kyrie's there now. He's not going to Boston. Hell, he ain't going to Boston. Yo, the, honestly, the the team that makes the most sense, and I know I'm a little biased Knicks, here, yeah, is the Knicks. Yeah, that team makes mad sense because you have Nicolino, who's who uh, is getting better game by game as you watch him progress. It's really it's really a fun thing to watch because yo, he's a he has, dog. He's a dog, but he has no offensive skill whatsoever at but he, all. Yeah, but he's, he's really progressing. I mean, he just had a great that. game against yeah, the Lakers. Had, well, he had 13 points. Yeah, yeah and he shot well from three. Right, so and he's, he's taking he's, that mid range jumper. So he's getting that. He's making that offensive game part of his repertoire. And 20 games into his career. Yeah. So when he when he develops that game, he's gonna be a special player. And then you got Chris Apps. You put LeBron in that mix. Dougie McBuckets is fucking. Everyone talks about him being a three point shooter. That guy cuts the basket with ease. Yo, I mean, what about what about Cantor too? Cantor is a fuck. Yeah. That's my guy. Uh, they'd probably have to get rid of Cantor to get because of the just because of the salary cap issues. They had to probably get rid of Cantor to to get LeBron. Damn, I'm, I'm, I wish they still had the amnesty to just tell Noah to hit him with off. a good luck on your future endeavors bar. Yo, we <laughs> use the amnesty like right away on Billups too. On Billups, legend. I mean, that was a good <laughs> amnesty legends. though. No, it wasn't. It was one year left in his contract. That was a Eat dumb it. one. That, that was who are you going to use it on on that team? Should have saved it saved for it. Amari. Could, exactly. Did you see Amari courtside the other day? Yeah. I did not. New Yo. York Knicks legend. How do you guys I feel I love about Amari Stadman. Is that what he said? That, no, that's what the thing on the bottom said. No. They also, they also once said uh, our friend Robbie, Robbie Gordon, yeah. tweeted out that they said that about Chris <laughs> Duhon too. So. Nah. But he did bring the Knicks. He made He's the Knicks. a legend. <laughs> Yo, Amari was a legend. Yeah, yeah. He was a legend, that's for sure. Yo, Amari was good for us. Amari man. made the He's Knicks not a des- legend, though. He made the Knicks desirable for a short period of time. To one, sure per- to one person who sucks. Mellow. Nah, the Knicks were linked to a ton of people then. 
Like LeBron. He was the first but to sign. But them came. But Amari came. No one Amari else was came. giving him $100 million but us, the Knicks. He deserved it that first year, man. He was a beast for us that first year. <sighs> God. All right. I love Amari. I love that team, too. I love, yeah, that was a good team to watch, man. Yo, Raymond Felton was an all-star snub. Shout out to D'Antoni. Real quick. Yo, I was walking through Times Square one time, and I saw Raymond Felton walk right by me. No, he did not. Swear on everything. Were you with me? <laughs> nah, I don't think so. He walked right by me, and I forgot who I was. I was with someone, and I was like, yeah, I think that was Raymond Felton. And then we went back, and we're like, that's Raymond Felton. I swear to God. Bro, I, yo, he had a do-rag on, a t-shirt, just walked right by me. He had a baby strapped to his chest. Yo, he's one of the he's one of those guys who like looks like he's fat, but he's definitely not fat. Nah, he definitely is nah, fat. He, yo, he's nah, he's, he's, he's the only athlete I've ever seen in my life that gets heavier as the season progresses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mad people say that about Melo, too. Yeah, Melo, too. Raven Fellow's little cousin's at uh, UNC now, by the way. He's nice, too. Keep What's, it? What's his name? Uh, something felt. Uh, something Felton <laughs> Is like, it Felton? It's just something It's like Jaquay or something I I gotta look it up um, Anyway you guys wanna move Hold to Hold on Nick's not allowed to answer this question I got a random uh, Question to ask you guys Okay What team is Rand- Raymond Felton playing for right now? Beats me Thunder Ooh Oh I actually knew that Yeah I, I, I expected you to know I that. actually know that Raymond I'm not good with Felton. that off top He's like Nick, the Nick, man Nick, or something Yo sometimes Like when people tell me like you ever have someone tell you like, "Yo, name every team in the NFL," and then you you get to like thirty, you're like, "Yo, what are these two do, fucking teams?" Do you guys remember when we did the game show and you were like, "Who leads? Who has the most touchdowns in NFL history?" And I panicked and I said, "Joe Montana." Yeah. First, <laughs> that was embarrassing. It's Jalek Felton, by the way. Okay. Jalek. J A L E K. I think it's Jalek. Uh, All right, let's get to spitball here. Starting <laughs> with around Europe, we go. Monday, we had the Champions League round of 16 drawing. And you know what we got, Tim? We got a bunch of Spanish, European bar fights. Ah, Most notably, Real Madrid against PSG. Neymar and company against Ronaldo. This could easily be a final. You got Juventus against Tottenham. And then you got Chelsea, Barcelona. And then you got a couple of layups for everybody else. But those are the three... All three could potentially be Champions League finals or semifinals. And you're getting this at the round of 16. Uh, it's going to be fun. They start up again in the middle of February. I believe Valentine's Day is the next uh, time you have Champions League. Real so quick. Via. Did I re- misread this or whatever? But is like Neymar like not happy at PSG? So there's a lot of issues between him and like Cavani, the guy that's been there for a while. It's like who's, you know, they had an incident where Cavani has like incentives to score X amount of goals and then X amount of goals from set pieces. And Neymar is like a free kick specialist. So there's been times where like Neymar sets up to take a penalty kick or a free kick and then Cavani steps in and he's like the, you know, seniority on that team. Right. And then Danny Alves, who's like uh, Neymar's best friend. They're always on their Instagram. They played in Barcelona. They play on Brazil together. Will like take the ball and give it to Neymar and like shy away from Cavani, so it's a weird transition from him going to the French league. It's yeah. it's a layup, dude. It's like if we were to go play basketball against like junior high school kids, like it's a joke what he's doing in France. Like the level of competition is significantly less in that league. Right. All right. Cool. Um, no more hard knock life. Randy Bulla, linebacker and the yearly underdog sweetheart of the season of hard knocks. Has been signed off the practice squad and will make his debut for the Bucks this Monday. He has a nice salary bump in the process. Practice squad players usually get about $7,200 a week. 
Not too bad, but with the call-up, he'll make the minimum of 465000 cash out, young man. Yo, 7200 a week? That's fucking lit. Well, 7200 a week for how many weeks, though? I mean... During the season, you got you to gotta figure it's like only half the year, so that's like 26 weeks. It's, it's like about... That you, so you cut that in half if you're going to do that, so that's about 3700 a week. That's, that's about what I make as a teacher. Why, why are you cutting it in half? Yeah, what the... Because that's only half the year. You're only getting paid for half the year. I'm sure they don't get paid yearly that much. Uh, I don't know. It sounded lit. Now you fucked so you it gotta, up for me. So, like, so you got to cut it in <laughs> half because if they're getting paid half the year, then if they want to get the yearly salary, it's about 50 or 60 grand. All right. Um, got the okay. Uh, the KHL, mostly a league that predominantly Russian teams. There's, some, there's a team from Finland in there. But anyway, they... They got the okay to go to the Olympics, and keep in mind, Russia is banned from the Olympics. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if these athletes, first of all, go, and how they partake. Probably as a neutral team, so I want to see what like, jersey they wear, some shit like that. But the KHL players got the okay, whereas the NHL players did not. Hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for the Olympics. I'm so hyped. Um, athlete of the year. To no one's surprise, Christian Pulisic won uh, U.S. Soccer Athlete of the Year. Uh, 19 years old, youngest to ever receive this honor, and uh, I'd say that he'll probably win the next 15. <laughs> <laughs> really not going out on all. Uh, yeah, right. Hot, hot take. Hot stove cooking. So I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of hot stove updates every week. This week, there's a lot of things to talk about. The Marlins continue their fire sale by trading Marcelo Zuna. He's a premier young power hitter. Uh, Great pickup for the Cardinals. Uh, the Angels look like they're gearing up for a run. They got Ian Kinsler. The A's acquired Scott Piscotti from the uh, Steven, outfielder. Steve. Steven Piscotti, excuse me. Uh, outfielder for the uh, Cardinals. Uh, this is a very good like A's-type move, but it also allows him to be close to his mom, who was recently diagnosed with ALS. So I wonder, you know, Cardinals mm-hmm. always a classy organization. Um the Twins signed former Yankee starting pitcher Michael Pineda and former closer Fernando Rodney. The Cubs signed Dodger setup man Brandon Morrow and starting pitcher Drew Smiley. The Cubs traded for Chase Headley from the Yankees. Fun fact. The Padres traded for uh, pa- Headley. Uh, what, did I say Cubs? Yeah. yeah. I'm going too fast. The Padres <laughs> traded for Chase Headley. Fun fact, they once called Headley the natural as he came up through the minor league system in the Padres. I got that from the Dirk Hayhurst book, The Bullpen Chronicles. You guys should read that. Um, yeah, who's in the NL MVP running one year with the Padres? Yeah, he was nice. Chase Headley. He's he was a really, really like super big prospect coming up. Astro signed uh side armor, uh came up in the Mets system, Joe Smith. Uh he's on the Astros, like I said. And the Marlins released Edison Volquez. Oh, outside the hot stove. Joey Votto beat out Sidney Crosby for the Lou Marsh trophy for best Canadian athlete. Votto finished only two points behind John Carlo for the NL MVP. They tied in first place votes. 320, 36 home runs, 100 RBIs, 554 on base percentage, 1.03 OPS, which is on base and slugging. That's high. That was higher than Stanton's this year, and that's like the key stat to see how good you are. So shout out to Joey Votto for winning Best Canadian Athlete. That's crazy because the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and hockey is ca- Canada's hockey, and hockey is Canada. So yeah. pretty cool see like a – Joey Votto get honored, and he should be honored. Sucks he's in Cincy. I think I think both should uh, give up that award to uh, Chris Jericho, but that's for another time. <laughs> They're on the list. They are on the list. Let's go, <laughs> idiot! <laughs> it's international ball. Uh, so a little late to this, but it just reminded me because I was watching them on uh, Charlemagne. Uh, the Ball Brothers, Leandro and Lamelo, signed to play with a Lithuanian club professionally overseas. Um, it was funny because I was watching Lavar's interview with Charlemagne on the Breakfast Club, and Charlemagne 
asked him what plan B was because, you know, sometimes things don't always work out. And he said he has no plan B. He's 100% in plan A. And when asked about education for the kids who won't have one now because since they're going overseas at such a young age, he said, who needs education when you have a brand? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's interesting because, like, you know, I it, playing time, we'll see what that's like over there because they're two young-ass kids playing against grown-ass men. They're American. They're foreigners over there. They don't speak right. one word of their language. I don't know what the native tongue is in Lithuania. Is it Lithuanian? I would. I have no that's idea. That's a good guess. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's gonna be tough for them to communicate over there. But when Lavar said that that who needs education when you have a brand, it just led me to believe that this move is strictly a business move, and he doesn't really care of the outlook of the NBA for either of those two. He's more about building his brand internationally. He already had the pop up shops in. China and Hong Kong when UCLA went over there early in the year when or, when Leangelo got arrested. So I think he's more thinking more about the brand than he is the future of his kids playing in the NBA. And it's kinda kinda whack for those kids. I mean so this is before the show I said when you brought this up, I was gonna say something I was gonna piss Tim off. But how how wrong is that statement? What statement? Who needs an education when you have a brand? I don't think it's. I don't think because what's the point look, of getting an education? Look, we had the uh, the education conversation on your podcast, we the did. basement yard, and I said it. I'll, I'll say it again. Like, if you legitimately have a passion that you want to follow, and you can make an alternative life and seek your own education, there's no reason to go through the traditional education system. Right. So I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. All right. And I'm an educator, so. I'm the one who shouldn't be cool with that, but I totally am. I think if you are established, if you have a, like, if you do have a brand and you're established and you're successful, not that they are established, this is a very new thing for them, but if you are established and you have a brand, you created this whole thing, it's like, I don't yeah. really know if you need to go to school. More so, they're only making $500 a month. Right. So that means they'd have to work a whole month to afford their own sneakers. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I think I think it is it's exactly crazy. what you are saying. He's trying to build an international brand. It's a very new thing that people didn't really do, but they are a very popular family at the moment. They're hot and they're going to a different country where I, I, I don't know too much about Lithuanian ball. I know that it's not as good as the NBA and it's I don't know if it's better than the college ball they would be playing. So if they end up being stars in Lithuania, that is a huge, that's a whole country that's going to be big fans of you. Right. Already. His ultimate goal is, I mean, how long are they going to stay there for? He's there. He wants them all with the Lakers. He said he's been outspoken about that for right. forever. Well, LA, and you know, Leangelo ball doesn't have the talent according to scouts and Woj. He mm-hmm. said he's, he, they're not even on boards and even extended boards. He's not even on those. So he's not on the radar. LaMelo is a top prospect. He's a junior. He would be a junior in high school. And was that 17 years old? So how good is he truly going to be without playing against kids his age, playing, I don't know, you know, just going through the things. No, and yeah, plus, absolutely. High school and, and college are, for me anyway, the best times of your life so far. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you're 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 not ruining your kids' lives, but you're you're trying to build your brand at the expense of your kids' childhood or adolescence, early adolescence. But we don't know how the kids feel about it either. Like, if I'm, if you were a young kid, if you I were mean, yeah, sixteen it's years old, it's a different lifestyle, first of all, because they they come from money and now this, you know, the shoes and stuff. I'm interested to see Lavar. Is he gonna send his kids to Lithuania and let them live there by themselves, or is he gonna go to Lithuania with them? 
I don't think he's going to leave Lonzo. No, nah, they have a I don't team. Think so either. They just have a team. I think he'll probably send people with them that they're cool with. Mm. And he'll set them up with them. But I don't think LeVar is going so, at Sounds like a solid overseas. parenting plan there. <clears throat> don't you well, think it's it's very similar to like the issue that we've spoken about in the past with U.S. soccer? Where kids at 16 are afraid to do what Pulisic did. Where he left the education system in the U.S. to go play in the European academies. But I think when it comes to basketball, the best talent is in the U.S. So, I mean, I don't think that's that, true. Whereas that doesn't, with soccer, it's soccer overseas. is a different story. Like, yeah, yeah. if someone did that in soccer, it's the norm. Yeah. Right? Basketball, like going through the ranks of AAU and then going through college basketball is your m- fastest route to the NBA. I mean, who went overseas? Brandon Jennings, mm-hmm. uh, Terrence Ferguson, who got drafted by the Thunder this year. Few co- or a few top high school kids. Moutier, too. Moutier went overseas so like it's it's a very unknown route and i think that's why it's getting so much scrutiny is because it's never been done before it's also not popular because we've been it's been you know drilled into our head that you have to go mm-hmm. kindergarten to fifth grade then junior high school then high school then you got to go to college right, especially basketball like yeah. ncaa is the top top like top pathway to the nba all right um let's get to nfl now uh we got four games this week that we're looking at. First one for first place in the FC West, Chargers at and Chiefs. I was like burping. What's you going on? Right? Yeah, I was bugging yeah, out. You're struggling. Um, Chargers Saturday, at Chiefs. Saturday game. Saturday game. Yeah. Chargers have won four of the last five pretty handily as well. And Chiefs have lost four of the last five. Two shitty teams. I, 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 oh, go ahead. No, no, you go. So when I'm looking at this game... I'm looking at a team that I gave up on the on the Clippers. I keep wanting to call them the Clippers because I see LAC. LAC, yeah. Uh, on the Chargers early in the year because I thought that losing culture was staying there. And most importantly, I thought Phillip Rivers was done because he was a turnover-prone quarterback. That's why I think the key number to this team was going on this year is seven. And that's the amount of interceptions Phillip Rivers has thrown so far this season. Uh, he's on pace to have his lowest interception total in the history of his career, and it shows. Um, if he continues to take care of the ball, this Chargers team is a very, very dangerous team, and especially dangerous against KC because of the strengths and weaknesses of this squad. The KC O-line has struggled, and one thing that's – it's like the best-kept secret in in football right now that the KC O-line is just like this in, inept piece uh, Alex Smith has been sacked the sixth most times of any quarterback. And you got to remember, Alex Smith is really good with his legs. So he's escaping a lot of sacks. Right. So he should be sacked a lot more than that. The Chargers are fifth overall in sacks in the league with 37. And they got off to a slow start this year. They got Joey Bosa. They got Melvin Ingram. They got two guys that could rush the quarterback in an elite fashion. And, and then also think about the guys they have in their secondary that causes the quarterback to hold on to the ball even more. Very, Casey very Hayward's having you know, pro football focus has him as, if, if not one, he's like a top three corner this year. And then the, the guy opposite of him, too, is up there. So I, I think what you're saying about the offensive line is, is true on both sides because you're talking about Rivers being a turnover machine last couple of years. Last year, they had 10 different starters on the offensive line. Right, that team was snake bit by injuries. Every big name that they had, a guy came in, you know, undrafted, had two, three solid games, torn ACL. Uh, Keenan Allen last year was the ACL, right? Week one, yeah. Or was it the spleen? spleen no, it was two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. So, I think you had him on your fantasy team. Both yeah, years, no, right? I remember. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like 
they've just been snake bit by injuries. And I think that one thing that's helped him is as great as he once was, I think transitioning from Gates to Hunter Henry has been huge. Yeah. Hunter Henry is a very, very good tight end. You think you, you spend all those years throwing to the, you know, a guy who's running those routes. Yeah. And you get to fill him right in with Hunter Henry, who's, I mean, he's not fucking Antonio Gates, but, you know. I mean, right now, he's, he's definitely very, way better than what, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. The well, current, yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty dumb yeah, what I'm saying, but yeah. The, the current state, though, <laughs> Henry's a better player than Gates right now. Yeah, right, yeah, that's, of yeah, yeah, so. It's um, interesting to sense. note that, like, these teams, too, going into this matchup, they already faced off week three, and the Chiefs beat them 24-10, and the Chiefs were going, you know, winning ways, 5-0 and early. The Chargers were 0-4, and, and, and then they beat the Giants. Yeah, so it's, it, it's. And now the Chiefs are sliding fast, right? They just won last week to break up their losing streak. They beat the Raiders in a must-win game. And they're pretty much facing another must-win game again at home against another AFC West team. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out. The Chargers are riding hot. Word. They've won four in a row, and they've outscored their opponents 131-53 to in that stretch. And Phillip Rivers is throwing for three straight 300-yard games. He's getting the ball to Keenan Allen a ton. I think he has three straight 100-yard games. So. Four. Four? Four straight hundred. So that yeah, offense yeah. is just clicking. And like Tim said, mentioned the defense. The defense is locking things up. And they're kind of winning in blowout fashion. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. As we know the Chiefs' <clears throat> D in general hasn't been all that this year when it's usually a focal point of that team. Uh, Marcus Peters is back, but how much does he really bring at this point? You know, he's more of a ball hawk, and he hasn't been getting I, it done ball hawking. I kind of almost feel like when, when I play DFS, I prefer him in there. That's it's what, not yeah, something he, that I would say in the past. He'll make his plays. He's super but he's not aggressive, like a man. Like yeah. that's what you get with him. Uh, there's a lot of corners like that. Um, I think that Janoris Jenkins, before he came to the Giants, was like that. They're gonna get a pick six, but then the next drive, they're gonna give up an 80 yard touchdown, and that's what. That's why Marcus Peters also leads the NFL in interceptions since he came into the league. So, one thing that can be said for the Chiefs though is the Chiefs' defense going back to last season. Twelve straight games they haven't allowed 20 points at home. In mm. Arrowhead, going back to last season, so that's their defense is much better at home. And the Chargers ranked 28th against the run. They have a really good defensive line, but that defensive line is very much structured to rush the passer, not stop the run. Yeah, now they're, they're a, a run funnel defense, so it's a you, you prefer to run on them than to pass on them. Exactly. Now take that with a grain of salt, though, because they have been winning in blowout fashion. Okay, so so teams have to abandon the run. Right. Yeah. So I mean. Not even take it with a grain of salt. Maybe take it with a whole pinch of salt because that's that might be worse for them. But anyway, it's got to be a cream hunt game. It has to be. I was just going to say that. The, the Chiefs, I feel like they abandoned what was working in the beginning of the year. So these last four out of the five games, just three of them that I have in front of me, Hunt against the Jets, nine carries. They end up losing that game. Bills, 11 carries, lose that game. Cowboys, another nine carries, lose that game. The game that they most that they won recently... They were feeding him the ball. When they when they feed him the ball, he produces. You know what I, I mean? The last time they played, he had 172 yards and a touchdown. When, he, when the last time they played the Chargers, they gave him the ball like 20 times. I was going to say, I think Tim always talks about this with the Cowboys, but the Chiefs, too, the time of possession kind of hurts them with them not running the ball. I mean, most notably against the Jets, from what I can remember, they struck. They were in that game. They were winning that game late, and they, they coughed it up in under two minutes left. But they struck on a lot of big plays. So Kelsey had a long touchdown. Tyreek Hill had a long touchdown. And it was that was it. Quick hitting scores. Yes, they're putting up points, but the defense was on the field for an extended period of time. And that's what happens when you don't run the ball, too, even though they score quick. But if you're not running the ball, your defense is on the field more than you like, and they get gassed and they give up points. And that's that's football. So, I don't know. Arrowhead is one of the toughest, if not the toughest place to play, and that's why their defense 
clamps down. You got the fans behind you and all that. So we'll see. We'll see. I kind of like the Chargers here. I mean, not the Chargers, the Chiefs. <laughs> I like the Chiefs here at home. I think it's a good spot for them to put a put a put a lead on the on the AFC West crown. Is That's this up for grabs? Is this a uh, losers leaves town match? It's inter- I mean, the way the wild card's shaping up, it, it's tough. Kinda. Yeah. Nah, I don't think it is the way the wild card. Like, the Bills are holding the six box. Yeah. The season ended today. So, I still think the wild card, even if whoever loses this team, they're 500, could go 9-7 and seven possibly and get in. Or you could still even overcome the winner of this game. Especially, yeah, especially if the Chiefs – I mean, not the Chiefs, the uh – the Chargers are the one who lose. That's what I'm saying. Like both, both these out. teams are two streaky teams, as I talked about. You know, yeah. as I brought up. So I wouldn't say it's a loser lose town match. You know, at all, really. All right. Um, next game we have is the Rams at the Seahawks. Last time they played, the Seahawks won 16 to 10. I believe this is for first place in the NFC West. Yes. Yeah, because the Rams lost. Well, both teams lost last week. Uh, they're playing in Seattle, right? Yeah, because they yes. they beat them in there. So Seattle wins. They're kind of like a game and a half up then because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker over them. Uh, this matchup, dude, Seattle is just... You want to talk about a team that is snake bit by injuries. Bobby Wagner left the game last week with a hamstring. KJ Wright's probably going to miss this week. Uh, he's in concussion protocol. And, you know, they, they scored a lot of garbage time touchdowns last week. I know Russell Wilson set the NFL record for most passing touchdowns in a fourth quarter, um, like all time. And it's just crazy. This guy legit, he might not win MVP, and I think he should just because of what he's doing for this team. 90% of the touchdowns he's accounted for, I think they've scored two rushing touchdowns. That's the only touchdowns that he doesn't account for because someone else you know, ran yeah, yeah. in. But besides that, this guy's doing everything for them. It's wild. I, I kind of want to see the Rams beat someone in a big spot. Yeah. This is a big spot for you. Like yeah, they lost against the Vikings uh, a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, and they lost to the Eagles last week at home. So I want to see even better. They get to go on the road and prove themselves. They lost already at home 16-10 in a game that could have went either way, and now they're going in Seattle. If, you're, if you want to contend not only this year for the NFC West, but just going forward, you're going to have to be able to win games on the road and games against Seattle in general. You can't go 0-2 against Seattle and expect to win the division. So I want to see what the Rams can show me on the road facing adversity and with a chance to you know, seemingly put the divisional crown away with only two weeks left after this. They have a two-game lead. Uh, I think this is the only time if you're a Rams fan that you're like, damn, I wish Jeff Fisher was the coach again because <laughs> Jeff Fisher just completely Has their number yeah. for some reason. Yeah, and, and that obviously was not the case earlier this season with the Rams and this is not a team built anymore just to be one team. This is a team that's actually built to be good. Um, I'm a little worried about the Rams. I think that, um, I, you know, I'm a big fan of culture, and I think their culture is changing. I think their culture is going in the right direction. But they do strike me as a team that's not completely there quite yet. Uh, they, they strike me as a team that has it's on the upswing, but they're not ready to take that final step yet. Maybe next year is the year. Um, but... They have they have a lot of deficiencies when it comes to closing games out and and being clutch and that worries me when it comes to a Seahawks team where they're going to be super 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 down on defense so that gives the Rams a giant chance to really take advantage of that. They also get I believe Robert Woods back this week. I believe that's the case as well. So they their full strength the Seahawks are not. So let's see because this is like you said you got to go to Seattle and beat Seattle like like Ric Flair used to say. 
to be, to the, be man. the man, you gotta woo beat the man. I want to see uh, the Rams get Gurley more involved. I know me and Nick were watching the game uh, last week, and we're like, "Yo, like Gurley, one first drive, punched one in, and didn't get any touches after that." And I know the first matchup, he only had forty-three yards, which is the second lowest output of the season on the ground. He also so. had the uh, touchdown called back, the fumble at the goal line. Yeah, so I remember that because I had Gurley full exposure bedtime. I mean, if I think on a, especially in a road setting. And a, a banged up defense. Why not throw your bruiser at him early and often, and and get Gurley the ball and get him involved, on the floor and in the air. It'd be an interesting matchup. Uh, next, we have the Patriots at the Steelers, shaping up. This could be like the AFC Championship. <laughs> That's gonna be Bill Belichick and Tom Brady stepping out of the bus on Sunday against oh, yeah. Pittsburgh. You lose to the Dolphins, a team that has always had their number in Miami. Also, I mean, it's a Cowboy region down there, so obviously they have a good time. Yeah, but you know that Especially Tom Brady late in, the, late in the winter when you get away from the Northeast yeah, cold, yeah, you go like, down. It's there. like twenty degrees. It's, like a, it's been yeah. a week of hell here in New York. Yeah, Tom Brady had like a one skittle. It's his cheat day. <laughs> yeah, down in South Beach. Yo, you yeah. think that's why he's probably struggling all these years? Like why? that's the one place he can go and like just go buck wild. <laughs> well, you think he's like fucking down there? Yeah, Giselle's like, yo, good. Just want one. That's why he struggles in Miami. Yeah, that's why he struggles in Miami. Yo, conspiracy. Why is that King of Diamonds? Who knows? <laughs> he stays there one extra day after Sunday. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll stay back. I'll meet you guys there on Monday. <laughs> Midweek vacation. But Honestly, it's a, who's it, going to tell him no, though? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a place <laughs> yeah, that he's always that. he's always struggled in. And New England, historically, anytime they lay an egg, they come back guns blazing. We saw that earlier this year. The last time I played this soundbite was when they lost to Kansas City. And then they played against the Saints in New Orleans. And they lit them up. So I think Brady, who has torn apart Mike Tomlin-led Steeler teams in the past, uh, he gets his boy back. He gets his dog back. Gronk is returning after his suspension. And I think that this game is going to get ugly. I'm really confident in New England just burying them. Just so you know how hard it is to beat the Patriots in back-to-back games, the Patriots have lost back-to-back games only seven times since Tom Brady took over in Week Three of the 2001 season. The last time they were, the last time they won two straight was two years ago. Before that, Week Two and Three in 2012. Just so you know what they did in, after 2012, they won 12 of the next 14 games, averaging 37 points and beating teams by 16 as an average. Right. So that's how hard it is. To beat the Patriots back to back, on top, I got a conspiracy theory, guys. Mm. Of course, you, you ready for this? You know, I think that Tom Brady and and Bill Belichick got this whole thing figured out. They're like Bobby Fischer playing chess on the board. Like they'll lose every once in a while to the elites, and when they get like outthought, which is not. Wait, so often, you think they lose to the elites or they lose to bums? Okay, so here's so what I'm talking about in the playoffs, they will lose to the elites. But here's here's what I'm thinking: Patriots on a roll, right? Patriots are smelling their own shit, thinking it smells like flowers. Reading their press clippings, getting a little too happy. Got some new faces in there this year, right? Mm. Rex Burkhead, maybe not used to the, to the success. Uh, Brandon Cooks, not used to the success at this level. Stephon Gilmore, not used to the success. Maybe they're starting to smell their own shit. Hey, how about this? We got the Steelers next week. We need to give these guys a slice of humble pie. Dolphins are out. We could afford a loss. They lose on purpose. 
just a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady planned loss to tell the guys, hey, you are not immortals. You better get ready for the Steelers game. They because that's the one that counts. They didn't pick up one first down on third down. Oh, for eleven. Oh, for eleven. Yeah. Very unpatriot like. And this is a team where <laughs> I know anytime in the past I've picked <laughs> against them. <laughs> anytime I've picked against them, it's a team where anytime it's third down, I know for a fact they're not getting off the field. Where how many teams do you watch and it's like third and four? And you're like, ah, oh, there's no chance they're picking up a first down. But it's New England. And you're like, oh, here come the move the chains already. Yeah. Just get a head start. Also, I mean, it should be noted that the Steelers have their last three wins have been by a combined seven points. And these are really close games with the Ravens, Bengals, and Packers that aren't the best teams out there. And now you're playing the Patriots. It's like eventually that's going to catch up to you, dude. Like, I w- and the Steelers ha- do have a history of playing down and up to their competition, though. Yeah, that's true. All right, you, but still. I don't think the Steelers have lost a game either since the Big Ben, I'm done. They haven't. They've won. Rent. They've won out, yeah. Yeah. Ever since they lost the to Jacksonville. Jags, yeah. So they're getting back Juju Smith-Schuster. He's also coming back from suspension. I mentioned Grok before. Shazier is out. Uh, his status going forward, it's not looking that that promising. Uh, might be a career-ending injury there for him. Yikes. And even worse, you know, issues with walking. Um, here's a list of Steelers who did not play in the AFC Championship game last year. Le'Veon Bell. Remember, he... Pulled his groin first first drive. Martavius Bryant, Juju Smith, Schuster, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, Joe Hayden, Vince Williams, Mike Hilton, who is Pro Football Focus's sixth best safety. Um, they also have a lot of pieces that have not been involved in this rivalry. Well, Joe Hayden's not going to play either. He's practiced this week. Really? He's yeah. Questionable. He's questionable. Hmm. But here's the thing, right? I think, are you going to rush him out there and have to cover Brandon Cooks? That's not a guy who Brent, uh, Joe Hayden broke his leg, so you're gonna ask him to come in and guard probably a, one, one of the, of the fastest guys. wide receivers in yeah. the league. They've been a different team since he went out. Yeah, they, they they're they're, they're struggling a little bit. So the Steelers are allowing 286 yards passing per game, um, and that's because Hayden's been out and uh, also Hilton missed some time too. So in prior to that, they were first in the NFL in yards allowed through the air. Them in Jacksonville. Um, and then the Steelers now are leading the league and then in those six weeks are also leading the league in passing yards per game because they've played a lot of games where they have to play catch up. You know, it was a shootout with Baltimore. Who would have thought that? So it's going to be interesting if Hayden does come back. I think going forward, it's big if Hayden comes back, obviously. But for this week, I think that it's a mismatch if you put him out there. Yeah, I mean. I like the Patriots in this game. Anyway, uh, the next game and final game we have here is uh, the Packers at the Panthers. Aaron Rodgers returns. If they want any shot at the playoffs, they're going to have to win out, finish 10-6. and Yeah, ads. These damn ads. I was hoping that was Eric Bischoff. <laughs> it was Eric Bischoff. Yes! Let's go. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I would have been highly disappointed if you didn't play that. But, yeah, Ro- uh, Rodgers is back. And uh, better than ever. We'll see if he's better than ever. The craziest thing about Rodgers is injury. So Green Bay without Aaron without Aaron Rodgers in 85 drives, how many do you think they've put up points in? Without Aaron Rodgers. So since Aaron Rodgers went out, 80 drives, 85 drives they've had. How many times have those drives led to points? Not just touchdowns, field goals. Probably 20 to 20. I'll go 20. You're close. What do you think, Joe? 
24. Tim? 25. 17. Bitch. Less than a quarter. Rodgers playing in four games, four full games, 17 times they scored. Wow. So it's day and night when he's on the field. According to Vegas, he is the most valuable player in NFL history. He accounts for 11.5 points against the spread. Um, him coming back, I mean, I've spoke about Green Bay as a potential value play to make some money if you wanted to wager on them. But I think Rodgers coming back, I think it just elevates the entire team across the board. Wait, let's talk about Jordy Nelson, for example. Mm. Jordy Nelson had six touchdowns in... <laughs> let's go. I'm back. <laughs> I had to. I just yo, like, you said it. I was like, I need to hear it now. Such a banger, yo. So, uh, yeah, Jordy Nelson, six touchdowns in four games with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I was looking at some tape uh, breakdown. Like, I wasn't breaking down the tape myself. I was looking at people break down tape. And there was a lot of plays where Jordy Nelson, like, everyone was like, yeah, Jordy Nelson's done. He's slow. He's old. There's a lot of plays where Jordy Nelson was getting open, but Hundley would just be taking the checkdowns. He'd be not seeing it, taking the snaps. And it's plays that Aaron Rodgers and him have been going They've been so in sync their entire careers that it's plays that come open because of him. Oh, yeah, it's the, I was just gonna say these back shoulders back shoulder, throw. You yeah, don't exactly. get it's not even right back shoulders though. It's it's more like like he's coming across the formation and Rodgers couldn't tell that he's gonna be open two seconds before he's open. Yeah. Hundley can't really tell that. They also have the hand signals where like he breaks out the pocket and they say if you're a guy running a deep route, your quarterback breaks out of the pocket. You're, from deep, you're supposed to come short. You come to the ball, and then the short guys, you know, wheel it up the sideline. And you see a lot of times Rodgers will, like, point up, mm-hmm. and then Jordy will give a hand signal, and they just know, you know. Or, or even they'll take a slack eye, and they'll clear out the safety, and Jordy Nelson will cut off his, his like, streak route or his fade route and come <laughs> underneath that safety without them even after talk, talking to each other. But uh, now he's coming back against the Panthers, and – when you think about the Panthers, you think this is a good defense, right? And I hate to put real-life breakdowns in fantasy terms, but I think that it's it's relevant in this case. As of right now, the Panthers are 28th in points against the QB in fantasy in the last six weeks. They've been getting torched in the air. On top of that, guess where they rank in fantasy points against wide receivers in the last six weeks? Guess what their rank is? 24. 27. Yeah, 20, I don't know, 28, 29. Dead spanking last. I don't know why I said spanking. Dead dead freaking last. Dead something last. Fill in the blanks, whatever you want. The worst. 32nd against the wide receiver. So you got a bunch of weapons. You got Aaron Rodgers coming back. And don't forget, Aaron Rodgers has been practicing for two weeks. Yeah. This dude didn't forget how to play football. And, and also, Clay Matthews said that he should have never been on IR. He would have came back even earlier. I think, I, yo, what do you guys think about? Uh, I think this is gonna be the first time that he has a running back that he could have confidence in handing the ball off to. Jamal, Jamal Williams, Williams has been an absolute running back since he had Eddie Lacy that one year. Yeah, but I, I kind of feel like Jamal yeah, he, Williams. He fucking went he, off. Did, he, he did. He did crush. Yeah, because in the year after he was going like fifth overall in fantasy league, so he did. He did crush. Yeah, but I mean, it's been a it's been a while. Oh yeah, it's been like fifty pounds ago, Eddie Lacy. Fifty's <sighs> generous. Jamal Williams. Has and again, I don't want to. I, I don't want to talk about fantasy terms, but if you talk about it, you see he's second or third in both snap share, which means how many snaps he's getting overall in the league. He's second or third in the league 
in fantasy points, so he's getting the productions and just straight-up opportunities since, since week 11. So he's been a workhorse, and he's been really, really effective in that workhorse role. If you can get him going and Aaron Rodgers can work off the play action, let's not forget that Aaron Rodgers, how he started and how he became so good in this league to begin was he was known as the master of play action. Mm. He was known as that is the thing that he thrives in 100%. Now, as the years have gone on, he's gotten good at everything. Right, but when he first got into the league, that was his thing. That was what made him stand out above the rest. They also have abandoned the play action in the past because they don't really have a threat back there like exactly. they do with him. So if you if you can add the that wrinkle to this Green Bay offense, this really does change the NFC, and I'm super excited to see this because with Wentz going down and A Rod stepping up, you have a real balance of power shift that's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, what do you guys think about the other side of the ball? I was going to say, man, Panthers just started running the ball well. I mean, I mean, the Packers' defense isn't anything to write home about. Yeah, pa- are we really expecting Jonathan Stewart to do what he did moving yeah. forward? Jonathan Stewart last year yeah, he had late was season really surge. good, and now he's been really good for three straight games. Yo, just, uh. just keep in mind that all the pressure here is on Green Bay to win because they're 7-6 and six and probably have to win out to get in the playoffs, whereas we're talking about a first-place team they're playing, Carolina at home. So they're 9-4 and four and can't afford a loss, and they're also coming off a game, keep in mind, where they put up 31 against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. And now they get that shitty defense yeah. Bay coming over. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers better be ready to go, or else, I don't know, it might be the Vikings a, turned the a ball short over. stint for him and in their playoff hopes. The Vikings did turn the ball over a lot that game. It was very un-Viking-like of them, and that did lead to a lot of points, and when Rodgers is under center, the Packers never turn the ball over. Yeah. So I think that's something that's to, to be monitored as well. I think Funches is in line for a big game. Yeah, I, agree. I think Devon sure. House is out too for Green Bay. Yeah, so house arrest. Funches awesome. Funches has averaged. I think he's all but one game he hasn't seen eight targets in, and uh, even last week he was kind of doing his thing against Xavier Rhodes. So I think having those guys over on Green Bay having to check him is going to be a nice matchup. And also, uh, Cam had said that he got his dog back in uh, Greg Olson played ninety two percent of the snaps last week. So. He doesn't seem to be injured anymore because if you play 92% of the snaps, you're basically out there the entire game. Right. So they weren't concerned about you know snap count with him. So it's going to be fun. I think that all the games that we broke down are going to be bar fights. So it should, it should be good. And it starts with Saturday night. Word. First week of uh, football on Saturday. Yeah. Hi. Why is that? Yo, boss thinks I'm corny for house arrest. It's just corny. I didn't make like it up. Giggling at yeah. each other? He's looking at me like, yo, you corny. I didn't even make that up. He said that. It's corny. That's fire if you're a fucking... He's not even that good. <laughs> no. I know, but like... He ain't putting no one on house arrest. Imagine, saw, imagine Eddie House was like a good defender. Damn. Do you know the guy who's tweeting Josh Gordon? I forgot his name. That DJ. Oh, uh, uh, Darius Randall. Yeah. Him too. Corn balls. Corn, yeah, corn balls. That was a corn <laughs> ball Their comment. defense is garbage, and they're trying to say, yeah, we locked him up. Nah, they you did. I mean, he had three catches. He also had a touchdown, though. Yeah. He's like, oh, he only caught one on me. I mean, well, he, that's a third of his catches right there. I mean, they I also... Give credit where credit is due. Kaiser also threw the ball, I think, 18 it's times in the second half because they were up the whole game. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to our picks here. By the way, Tim, where are you sitting in those standings? Second to last? All right. Because it was, oh, I can't fall into last. Well, I you can't. almost did. I almost did. I went 0-3. I went 0-3. Oh, you went 0 for? Yeah, I went 1-2, I, I, I think. I, think I went 1-2, yeah. too. <laughs> Two and one, kid. Three dogs. Three yep. dogs. I got. I got. Oh no, I don't have two dogs this week. I'll lead off because I think I'm still in last. Yeah. But uh, this this is where uh, this is where um, the men are separated from the boys. Last <laughs> true. Three weeks, it's very right true. Here. It's very true. Yeah. Last year you separated yourself. Oh yeah. You learned. 
Joe's been on a hot streak since then. I know. I don't know. I'm waiting to fucking crash and burn. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm crashing and burning because my first pick are the Cleveland Browns at plus seven and a half points. They have uh, two wins against the spread all year, and I'm hoping they get a third win here. They're playing the Baltimore Ravens in Cleveland. Baltimore, I'm not expecting their offense to light it up the way they did last week. Uh, Jimmy Smith is a big injury for the Baltimore defense, and then you got Kaiser having Coleman and what happened? Se- oh, the line is seven. Nick. Seven? Okay. He's still, uh, ta- okay. Oh, he's still I'll taking. Oh, he's still taking. Try to throw himself a half a point. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I I checked this morning. I haven't checked since. No, if you ain't, if it's you one ain't, of my picks. That's why I was startled. All right. So if what's, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. What's uh? What's yo? Make sure you pick a dog this week, all right? Before you come <laughs> uh, what's up? What's the line on San Francisco? San Fran- it doesn't matter what the line is. I'm taking it anyway because never in NFL history has an eight-win team been a underdog on the road against a team with three wins. San Francisco. I said two weeks ago they were gonna win out with Jimmy G. They won last week. They won both of their games so far. Uh, what's the line there though? For real? Two. Two. Two-point <laughs> favorite. I'm taking the Niners and then. You know, I've said this in the past. One wow, day we're gonna re- Niners. Yeah, we're gonna regret not wagering on Bill Belichick and Tom Brady as Joey fist me. Hey yo, <laughs> um, I'm taking the Pats. I think the Pats here they get back into the driver's seat right? as a as a top, Minus top seed. Yeah, and uh, you have a lot of uh, prime time factoring in here. You saw Pittsburgh win on Sunday Night Football. You saw the Pats lose on Monday Night Football. So. Now, number one seed implications, too. Yeah, I think Brady is gonna be what Stone Cold says. He'll be pissed off when he goes in there. Pissed off, yeah. Bra- I'm really pissed a off. A lot of, a lot of, oh, is Brady done? Is this the beginning of the end? And 300 yards, four touchdowns. Pump this week. the brakes, gonna run, run one in also. What do you got? <laughs> what do you got for me, Tim? Uh, I got the Chargers at minus one and a half. I just think they're on a roll right now. I really like the offensive line versus the defensive line matchup. When I'm when I'm picking games, that's one of the first things I look at. Uh, is the defensive line versus the offensive line a very big mismatch? And in this one, it is a mismatch. I think Alex Smith runs for his life this whole game, and I think the Chargers take care of business. Uh, Jacksonville, 11.5 over Houston. Uh, I don't see Houston being able to move the ball against this Jacksonville defense. They have one weapon, and that's DeAndre Hopkins, and that weapon can be, if not contained, at least a little bit neutralized with the presence of that secondary and Jalen Ramsey and how good he's been and how good he's been at shutting down everyone uh, so far. So I think the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, make a statement at home. And then I have Green Bay plus three as my underdog. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers and the points. I like the matchup against the uh, Panthers. I think that this is a uh, this is not the Green Bay isn't necessarily a better team than the Panthers, but they have a good matchup against the Panthers. The Panthers really can't take advantage of the Green Bay weaknesses, uh, in my opinion. So Chargers minus one and a half, Jacksonville minus eleven and a half, and Green Bay plus three. I love when I have a different pick than Tim. I think one week we had the same picks but like different teams. I went two zero and one. So that what, 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 what are you even getting that from? That definitely happened like a week and a, or two weeks ago. What yeah, do you yeah, got? Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs. Plus one and a half, getting points at Arrowhead. Sign me up. Are you ready for the the ultra rare bar right now? I'm leaning with Tim on this one. (laughs) (laughs) That should lead with me more often. I've been on a roll, except last week. Been on a roll. (laughs) Oh, two and one a couple weeks ago. Oh, and three. What roll? Listen, I go. Losing roll. Listen, when I go bad, I go bad. And you're going bad. And you're going bad. Uh, Ravens minus seven against the Brownies. Their offense has went from dumpster fire to putting up. 30 plus the last couple weeks uh 
I don't know. Alex Collins got it going for him, and uh, Danny Woodhead maybe. Browns, whatever. They're the Browns. <laughs> they they can't win a game. So they find I, a way. I don't think they'll be able to win by a touchdown. I, I mean, uh, cover a touchdown. And then I got Atlanta minus six going to Tampa Bay. Uh, this, in my eyes, should be closer to seven and a half than six. I don't think Tampa Bay has shown me anything for the last several weeks. Mike Evans hasn't gotten the ball. Um, yeah, what are they doing to be a six-point dog? I think it should be a touchdown plus. So give me the Falcons. Yo, guys, hot take. I think the Browns win that game outright. Let's go. Yeah, that's why I took the points. They, I love it. They, they, they're great. They're great against the run. You like the Bucks too? They're I great. Hope. I know. I don't. They're great against the run though, and they all they do is run. You gonna put the game in Joe Flacco's hands? See if you can win that way. All right. So I uh, all my picks have been set already. I'm taking the Packers getting three. Aaron Rodgers comes back. This guy wins when he wants. They have to win out. So what does he do? He's gonna take his big meat and just <laughs> wipe it on the floor. <laughs> Uh, also taking the Patriots for all the reasons we said before, minus three uh, against the Steelers. Uh, they're coming off an embarrassing loss to the Dolphins. Time to show your cock. I am also going to take the Chargers minus one and a half. Uh, team trending up, Chiefs trending down. I don't like it. Uh, I love it. If, Both of you on the Chargers. If they're not going to give Kareem Hunt the ball, they have no shot. And that seems to be the trend. So give me the Chargers minus one and a half. And, uh, yeah, that is our show. So, Tim, where I'm can having, they find you? I'm having a little bit of a heart attack because it's just Chris Stapps Porzingis hurt his knee. Okay. And he's not coming back against the, the Nets right now. <sighs> okay. Let's hope that doesn't go any worse than I don't it need does. this. I don't need this neutrality. I know. I know. I'm don't get this. me fucking started, <laughs> Joe. Where can they find you? At Tim Petrop. At a protest. On, yeah, oh, <laughs> on, at every protest you could find me at. Um. <laughs> at Tim Petrop on all social media, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. Also, check out the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. We're giving you all everything you need uh, for yearly fantasy. Every single player, every single team, uh, everything you need. Also, we're having a little bit of a live feed on week 16. Uh, starting at 10 a.m., we're going to take you almost all the way to kickoff, and we are going to give you everything you need. Come fuck with us in the morning. Whoa. Nah, nah, I feel you. On a, <laughs> on a Christmas Eve morning. After you open up your gifts, open up the gift of Tim, Lamb, and the rest of the DB guys in the Brodo crew. Nick? LambVM10 on all social media, at DegenerationBet on Twitter for DegenerationBets. And, uh, yeah, Rage. Uh, and Boss? At individual 27 on Twitter and Instagram. And you guys can follow me at Joe Santagato. Go follow uh, our Twitter handle at Veterans Minimum and our instagram veterans underscore minimum and we have a facebook page you guys check out facebook.com slash veterans minimum and that is all we'll see you next time everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.